So I'm really excited to be picking up where we left off last week. We kicked off a brand new message, a brand new sermon series three weeks ago already titled Unleashed. Y'all say that with me, Unleashed. And so we are on part three today, and I'm really excited to dive, dive a little deeper. Have y'all been enjoying this message? Yeah, anybody been getting anything from it? That's really my hope and prayer, that we would see and recognize the power, the spiritual power that Jesus Christ gives us on a daily basis. Do you know there's spiritual power you can walk in? That God calls us to walk in? And so every day, if I fail to see that, if I fail to remember that I'm a child of God, a child of the Most High, we may be unleashing all the wrong, somebody say wrong, things. Because every day you and I get to decide what we're going to unleash. I can unleash more Jesus or I can unleash more junk. Y'all know there's plenty of junk to go around. So as children of God, we should stand out. We should look different, talk different, sound different. We should walk in peace when everybody else is losing their minds. We should speak not just positive, but we should speak life. Right? So many Christians speaking death because they're thinking death. A lot of us have to, before we can unleash life, i got to put on the mind of Christ. And that happens every day in my daily relationship. What I'm reading, what I'm praying, what I'm speaking, what I'm thinking. And that all boils down to what I'm consuming. So what are you consuming today? Is it nothing but Netflix? Is it nothing but YouTube? Is it filth, garbage? Because if that's what you're consuming, if that's what you're receiving, that's what you're going to unleash. And so we need to be consuming the Word of God. Amen. As we kicked this off week one, we said the first thing that we need to unleash is the power of Word. The power of our words. And even more importantly, if I could put God's Word in here. Man, our families would change. Man, I'd walk in authority. People would probably love me. People would probably respect me. People would probably follow me if I'm leading them to Christ. So we, we talked about that, the power of God's word and how we need to love God's word and be in his word and speak God's word. We need to have his word on the fruit of our lips. And then last week, we talked about the power of praise. That when we begin to open our mouths wide and begin to confess, proclaim, and declare who God is and who I'm thankful who God is and what God is doing in the lives of those that I love and what he's going to do. He hasn't done it yet, but what he's going to do, come on, somebody. And the power of our praise. And it all boils down to you and I opening our mouths in faith. And if you missed any of these messages, I want to invite you to get on our social media, really get our app, download our app, and you can catch up and watch all those because they're pretty powerful and that's where we're going to pick up today. So if, if you missed that, we're going to pick up where we left off last week, unleashing the power of our praise. And today I want to talk to you about prayer. If you got a neighbor, say, hey, 
I hope you're praying. If you got two neighbors, tell the other one in case they didn't hear you. Hey, I hope you're praying. Put that in the chat. I am praying. Put that in the chat. I'm praying. Guys, you need prayer for you, for your family, for your job, your community, your church, your state, your nation. You and I need to be praying and not just in our minds. That's where I want to lead us today. Getting God's prayers from here out here. I believe our prayers don't come to life. They don't come to pass until we do something by faith, by speaking it, by speaking the prayers. So that's what we're going to talk about, that power of prayer today. And let's look at that first scripture. Before we read it, I, I want to say prayer shouldn't be something that we turn on and turn off. Prayer isn't something that we just do for two minutes in the morning, 30 seconds before each meal, and a minute before we go to bed. We should be a people of prayer. Look what that first scripture says. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. I know a lot of y'all are going to know this. This is, this is a scripture a lot of us remember, right, that we, we can know. In verse 16, it says, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Who's ever heard that? Who's ever read that? And everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I don't believe prayer is something we should turn on and turn off. I pray before I go to work. I mark that checkbox. And I go about my day, and I wonder why I don't have peace, I wonder why I don't walk in power, I wonder why I get frustrated. It's because God says, never cease praying. Think of Jesus. Who knows Jesus? Who loves Jesus? Do you believe that prayer was just something that he, he, he turned on and turned off? Nobody. He walked in communion with the Father. He never misspoke. Guess what? You don't ever have to misspeak. You don't ever have to unleash the wrong thing ever again if you walk in step with God. How do I walk in step with God? It's giving your wish list to God. Did you know that? Do you know we don't serve a genie? Prayer is a two-way dialogue that he invites us into every single day. God asks us never to stop praying, to always believe and to always be in communion and, to, and, 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 and talking with God. Think of it like this, prayer, get this, what connects us to heaven, guys? It's your prayers. It's your prayer life. If you feel like you're on life support, it's probably, what does your prayer life look like? If you feel like you're on life support, what's your prayer life look like? Because that's your, that's your lifeline. That's your direct connect to the Father through the Son by means of the Holy Spirit. Right? By means of the Holy Spirit. So look at that first point today. So I hope you, you know and believe that prayer is powerful. Who believes that your prayers matter? Most of us. Right? Right? 
I want to stop there for a second. When week one, when we talked about the Word of God, I said, the Bible is the most important book on the planet that nobody reads. Prayer is probably the most important thing that believers don't do. We believe and see its power, but see, I only pray in my mind, or I think good thoughts, or you know what, I tell people, yeah, I'm praying for you, but I'm really not. Please don't do that. Right? Because read the rest of that statement, that rest of that point. It says, prayer is powerful, but we must open our mouths and pray. This doesn't mean God doesn't hear silent prayers, but to unleash the fullness of prayer, we have to open our mouths. If you're not saying it, you're not praying it with full power. So we're really referencing opening our mouths, going back to Psalms 81.10, really the foundational scripture of this whole message that we started in week one. It says, God says, be thankful I have delivered you out of Egypt and open your mouths by faith and I will fill it. Prayer is opening our mouths by faith and allowing the Holy Spirit to pray the things that I'm hoping for, believing for, expecting God to do. God wants our prayers to move from our mind to our mouth. Excuse me. And let me backtrack a second because this is a scheme of the enemy, I think, that he uses against believers. Because mental prayer, guys, mental prayer is better than no prayers. Okay? Because we do serve an awesome, all-powerful God. He does know what you're praying in your mind. See, but God wants us to go. He wants us to do something with our faith. And so I wonder if a lot of believers are just using that, I guess I'm going to use the word as as an excuse, to say, well, God's all-powerful, so I don't need to pray out loud because He knows what I'm praying. And that may be so. But what if you would begin to pray those thoughts? I believe that's when we begin to pray in full power. Because the enemy uses that and says, well, you've been praying, you've been praying, and nothing's changing, nothing's, nothing's working. Heck, it's actually getting worse, and you keep praying, and nothing is changing, and nothing is changing because none of us are actually praying out loud. Because it's not until you pray out loud that you declare by prophecy who God is, what He says, and what He's going to do. And so a lot of believers are saying, no, I'll pray, I'll pray, and I'm praying. This is for somebody. Take that step. When I first started praying out loud, actually, I didn't really have much of a, a choice. I, I pretty much got, I went to a place called Teen Challenge. Anybody heard of that? It's a men's living home. That's where I got born again. got saved over 12 years ago. And on day one, uh, they give me my schedule, and they said, every morning, at, right after breakfast, you're going to have 30 minutes of prayer. You're going to have 15 minutes in a circle. Each person is going to pray out loud. And I wasn't even saved yet. I'm like, do what? <laughs> and so I started my relationship really by praying out loud. But when I first, the first probably weeks, maybe a whole month, it felt very weird and foreign to me just praying out loud. And so I wonder how many Christians just don't pray out loud because of how it's going to feel or maybe how it's going to sound. But there's something powerful when you hear yourself speaking, trusting God, declaring it takes faith to do that. It takes faith to do that. In First Thessalonians, it said to never cease praying. What could happen if the church fully unleashed prayer? Man, 
I have it. I can have some imaginative ideas, some pictures of what could happen if the church began to fully unleash. Somebody say unleash. Prayer. Focused, fixed, pointed, specific prayers. That's another reason we need to begin to speak it because when I'm, when I'm mentally praying, I'm not really mentally specific because I don't know about you, but my mind is kind of messed up. It gets scatterbrained. I have a good thought. I have a bad thought. I have a thought about this. I thought about that. And not until I speak it, now it becomes focused. It becomes pointed. It becomes specific. And the power of our prayers and the power of our words, we get to construct the canvas. Who knows what a canvas is? A, 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 a canvas is something that an artist used to, to, to paint or to draw. We all have a canvas of life. What does your canvas look like? Does it look like a Picasso? Is it a dolly? Those are just artists from the Renaissance area, if, if you didn't know that or not. But I don't know where that came from. Holy Spirit, help me get back on track. But uh, what does your canvas look like? It probably looks like what you say about it. And it probably looks like what you're praying about uh, or what you're not praying about. We can construct the canvas of our lives by the way that we pray, by the way that we speak, by the way that we believe. What could happen if the church fully unleashed prayer? Look at Luke 11, 1 through 4. I love this. The disciples are with Jesus, right? Man, they got to see all sorts of cool, amazing signs, miracles, and wonders. Think it. Think of, th put yourself in their shoes. You get to hang out and live with Jesus every day. And they're probably, that would be, would be so cool. And they're like, yo, Jesus, you're like, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God. How should we pray? Right? And you think Jesus is going to give some big mystical, he gives a practical way for us to pray. And there's a, way, a thing that you and I can learn and glean from what he says. Look what he says, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying at a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Has John also taught his disciples? So he said to them, when you pray, what's that next word? Say. If you're reading your Bibles, in your, in your actual Bible, or in your phone, wherever you're reading this, highlight that, underline that. Say. He says, when you pray, say. So something's got to happen. I got to open my mouth. He says, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will undone be earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our sins as we also forgive everyone who has indebted us. And do not lead us into temptation, excuse me, but deliver us from the evil one. Such a, a spiritual and practical prayer all at the same time. What does Jesus do? He honors God first as provider, as author, as finisher, as alpha, as omega, as the first and the last, as the king of kings. Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And then he goes on. Praying, asking us to not be led in temptation, to meet our needs, to, to, to provide for us, seeing God as provider. But really, he's having a two-way conversation with God. Think of it like this. When we pray, first, think of it like this. When we pray, God wants us to speak. He wants us to open our mouths and speak. Think of your everyday life. We all walk around, and what do we do? We speak. 
to others. Right? Why would we only speak to... We speak to people, so why wouldn't we speak to God? We live every day, we walk around, we talk, we have conversations, we, we, we speak to people, so why would it seem foreign to us to not speak out loud to God? The Holy Spirit showed me this as I was studying yesterday, that maybe some wouldn't physically speak to God because maybe there's a glimmer of doubt that God is real. Because when I talk to people, they're obviously real. They're there. I can see them. I can shake their hand. I can give them a hug. I can say, hey, I can see them. Guess what? We can't see God. Sometimes I can't feel God. But does that change his authenticity? Does it change his realness? There's nothing more real than Jesus Christ. And so that's another scheme the enemy comes in and says, who are you, you know, what are you going to talk to? Who are you talking to? You need to, by faith, say, you know what? I'm going to pray. I'm going to thank God. I'm going to believe. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to proclaim. I'm going to declare Because I believe the most amazing thing, one of the most amazing things that Jesus did on that cross for you and for me is so that we could every day routinely go and speak to the Father. Do you all read your Old Testament? Do you know what they had to do to connect with heaven? They had to have a high priest. Guess who our new high priest is? Jesus. He paid the price for something that we take for so granted. Your direct line to the Father was bought and paid for by Jesus. And so many believers, so many Christians just taking it for granted every day, letting it fall by the wayside. And we can connect with heaven because of what Jesus has done for us. Look at that next point. So we have to move prayer from our heads to our mouths. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is released by speaking. Faith must be unleashed. Guys, prayer must be unleashed. In these last days, if, if we're not praying, Lord, forgive us. Because there's plenty. Somebody say plenty. Man, if you're watching us online, put that in the chat. Plenty, all caps. Plenty to be praying for. Anybody watch the news? I try and get about 10, 20 minutes for. And sometimes I can, I can get overwhelmed and think, man, there's so much to pray for. Yeah, but God says never cease. Hallelujah, answer prayer. He'll keep you busy if you want to be. And so church, guys, we got to be, and we unleash our faith through our prayers. And James, it says, faith without works is, is dead. So if I believe and, I, and maybe I just mentally pray, maybe that prayer is dead. It can't come to life. It can't come to pass until men and women of faith begin to do something with it. Do something with those thoughts, those good, pure Righteous, holy thoughts. And until a man of faith, a woman of faith unleashes those holy thoughts, nothing can change. If you read your Bible, you'll see men of faith over and over and over again. And every single time, every one of them opened their mouths and spoke and prayed and declared. They didn't just sit still. And do nothing. 
they by faith spoke. They unleashed the power of heaven, right? Who wants to unleash the power of heaven, guys? Man, let's unleash the power of heaven in Holly Pond, in the state of Alabama, Coleman County, Marshall County, so that generations can be changed for his glory. So the question I have for you is today, are you just thinking about it? Or are you speaking it? Are you just thinking about the things you want to change? Are you just speaking about the things that you need God to do? Are you just thinking about it, just thinking about it, just thinking about it? You ever talk to somebody and they said, man, I got all these ideas. And I, you know, like, I ask them, well, when are you going to start this? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. I, I'm just thinking right now. I'm just thinking about it. Guess what? When they say that, usually nothing ever happens because they stay stuck thinking about it. So today, are you just thinking about it or are you speaking it? Come on, Jesus. Are you speaking those things? Those things that you need, those things that you do want. In, the, in Psalms, it says, God delights to give us the desires of our heart if it lines up with his will. If it lines up with his will and he gave you that desire, you need to begin to not just think, you need to speak it and pray it. What I know is to claim it, you got to call upon it. To claim it, you got to call the name of Jesus upon it. To claim the promise of God, to claim the victory that you need to happen in your life, you got to call upon it the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. You got to call upon it the name of Jesus. That the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Sickness has to bow in Jesus' name. Depression has to bow in Jesus' name. The evil schemes of the enemy over in Washington, D.C. have to bow at the name of Jesus. All the evil schemes that the enemy tries to use against us will not prosper at the name of Jesus. To claim it, though, you got to call upon it. And you can move mountains in his name. Look at that next scripture. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. I actually referenced this last week. He was here. And so verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever, what? Says. There's that magical word again. Do you all see a theme? So we have to have faith on the front end, but he says, but then whoever says, says to this mountain, have faith, or excuse me, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. Highlight that. Underline that. Verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Jesus says, first believe in God, and then say to the mountains in your life, be moved, removed, and cast into the sea, it shall be done for those who believe and do not doubt, and that we can have whatever we say. We cannot mentally move our mountains. Last week I said, if you're a Star Wars fan, too many of us are trying to perform Jedi mind tricks, Right? We're thinking, move devil in our minds, and nothing's moving. Nothing's changing. 
I love Star Wars, but y'all, it's fiction. And I love Jesus, and he's real. And so I can have what I say, but first I gotta. Sounds like a bumper sticker. I can have what I say, but first I gotta. Say it. Pray it. I can have what I say, but first I gotta pray. So what is the confession of your faith? What mountains are looming? Are you in a hard place? Are you in a hurting place? Is it a big mountain? Is it a dark mountain? We have to, by faith, step into this place that says, God, I trust you because I trust you and I need this to change. I'm going to begin to speak to this mountain. Mountain, be moved in Jesus' name. Maybe our prayer needs to not just move it. Maybe we need to pray, God, remove this mountain in Jesus' name. To claim it, I got to call upon it and make it bow at the authority of who Jesus is. Call upon it. All right, look at the next point. So prayer is powerful, and for many reasons, but here's just a few good ones we want to give you. Another reason we need to be praying is because it is powerful, and we can, we can accomplish, well, God can accomplish all these things through us if we would by faith do it and open our mouths wide, right? Because prayer delivers us. Did y'all know that? Prayer heals us. It raises us up, raises others up. Uh, it empowers us to do everything God's called us to do. We must pray for ourselves and pray for one another. Is anybody here this morning setting? Maybe you're here following God. Maybe you're still in the will of God because somebody other than you prayed for you. Anybody? I'll raise both my hands. I am a product of other people's prayers. Ian was delivered, Ian was healed, Ian was raised up, Ian was sent to do what God's called him to do because others prayed for me. Others didn't just think about me. When somebody tells me they're thinking about me, it makes me feel good. But when somebody says, hey man, I've been praying for you, that makes me feel really good. Because others prayed for me. How many friends... How many people that we know that are lost, hurting, broken, are we not praying for? And God's like, you think good thoughts, you want the good things to happen, but you might be the only person that's going to, by faith, open your mouth and say their name. You know what Jesus said about his sheep? He said, I know them and I call them by name. We have to begin to declare their name and pray their name. Our prayer life doesn't just matter for us. I hope you aren't the only person you pray for. And I get it. I know we probably spend a lot of time praying for ourselves because a lot of us need that prayer. But we need to be praying for more than just ourselves. We need to be praying for others. And the powerful thing is our prayers can either, either heal or they can kill. 
the lack of prayer might be the thing that kills that person. And I can't prove this without a shadow of a doubt, but maybe, let's just think for a second, maybe Ian doesn't make it if I didn't have a praying mom and a praying aunt and a praying family. Maybe Ian does die that one night when I drank too much and I woke up in my own vomit. Yeah, that happened. Maybe that was the night my mom was crying out loud, crying her eyes out, praying, Lord, save my son. Maybe that was the night that it all changed. I, don't ha- I can't prove that to you, but I know my God is good. And he hears the prayers of his people. So our prayers can either heal, jumpstart, launch, protect, keep others or they can neglect reject stifle and maybe kill others so who are you praying for today other than you other than your wife other than your husband other than your kids because for the most of us that's probably it hey I got a prayer request is that okay Can y'all pray for this church? Pray that this church stay in the will of God. Pray that your pastor stays in the will of God. Pray that the Lord would bless, continue to bless this church. If you got nothing else to pray about, I'll just give you a big one. Pray for our leadership team. Y'all, we are stretched beyond max. And we got the best leaders. I want to if I could choose my leadership team, I'd choose every single person that I have sitting at my leadership table. But y'all, our leaders, we're not perfect. We all have issues. We all have things we're battling. And my leadership team needs your prayers. Pray for them. Pray for this church. Amen? Our prayer is confession. We speak what we believe. So we keep praying and we keep believing. I said we keep praying and we keep believing. If nothing feels like it's changing, keep believing Keep praying. If it gets worse, keep believing. That might mean you're on the right track a lot of times. If it gets worse, the enemy begins to come against your life, right? It's because you're on the precipice. You're on the chasm from going from darkness to light. The promise is right there. Somebody say right there. And you're at the 12th hour, and God's about to show up and bless your socks off, but he wants you to have faith to, to make it to the finish line, right? Keep praying. Keep believing. Look at James 5, 13 through 16. Man, I just love the book of James. I feel like I tell you all this this all the time, but if you got nothing to read this week, go ahead and just read the whole book of James, just a few chapters. It's just so good. Anybody else with me? Man, it's one of my favorite books. This year I started a, a, one of my goals was to read the the Bible in entirety in a whole year. I've kind of got away from that last couple years. I was kind of just reading different stuff every day, and I always found myself, this reason I'm doing it is I always find myself in the same books, because they're so good, right? and James is one of them, I'm always in, and it's that good, but look, look what it says, it says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. It doesn't say, let him think. If someone is suffering, let him pray. Let him open his mouth and be heard. Anyone who is hurting needs to be heard. If you're hurting, God hears you. 
but he wants us to pray. Right? Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing songs. If you've got something to be thankful about, he says pray. Praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let's call on the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith, excuse me, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Our prayers have the power to deliver and heal. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven because of our prayers. And I love the way he wraps this up. Look at verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another so that you what? May be healed. Your healing may be hinging, waiting on someone else's prayers. Somebody that you can trust and confide in and confess in. Your healing is just waiting to be released from heaven by their prayers. And look at that last part. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Say much with me. Much, much, much. God, give us much. When's the last time you were praying on fire? Praying fervently. Praying desperately. Praying, God, open the windows of heaven. God, I declare Jeremiah 29, 11. God, you have a plan, a purpose, and a hope for me. God, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. God, no height nor depth. Father God, Lord, your, 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 your burden is light and easy to bear. Jesus, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me because I fear no evil. God, be strong, courageous in the Lord. Fear not, for I am with you. When's the last time you got on your knees and fervently began to pray like your life? Depended on it. Because it's your fervent prayers that stir the aroma in heaven. And not just stir the heart of God, but to release. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of God. To bind and loose. To loose healing. Forgiveness. Gifts, callings, anointing for others. So here's a step even further. A lot of us might fervently pray for ourselves and our spouses and our kids, but I sure as heck ain't fervently praying for that the enemy I have at work or that president. I'm probably preaching to myself for a second. I just can't seem to understand what's really, somebody say really, going on. And I need to love my enemies and fervently pray for my enemies. Come on, somebody. What would happen if the church unleashed fervent, I mean fervent, prayer for others, for itself? When's the last time you fervently prayed for the Arab campus? Or fervently prayed for Pastor Keith? Y'all fervently pray for me, I hope. When's the last time you fervently prayed over Pastor Keith and Kelly in the Arab campus? Because y'all know without the Arab campus, the Holly Pond campus ain't here. So I pray for them. Y'all know I'm a pest control technician. I try to kill bugs and mice on a weekly basis. That's how I pay the bills at Northwest Exterminating. And you know what? There are times when I am working and I am walking around a house. I may know this customer really well. I may not know him all that well. But as I'm working, I'm praying over their house. I'm not trying to single myself out. Excuse me, this mic's getting messed up here. 
or say that I'm perfect or I got it all together, but the Lord impressed this upon me to pray for this house, pray for this family as I'm trying to kill their bugs and whatever issues they got going on. You know you can pray while you're at work. You can pray while you're doing your work. You can pray while you're in the shower, while you're going to the bathroom, while you're loving your family, while you're watching TV. You could be watching a movie and the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Do you know that? Our prayers are powerful. And a fervent prayer has much to avail. It avails much. We've got the last point. So we're going to leave off, and this is going to kind of lead us into next week. If you got fired up today, you need to come next week because we're going to talk about the power of prophetic ministry, the power of prophecy. And so our prayers really have to lead us into that, and that's what this last point kind of alludes to. So our prayers have power to save families, communities, churches, and nations, but we must open our mouths and pray. We have to call, claim it, and call upon it. We have to pray for our families. We have to pray for our communities. Pray for our nation and churches and pastors and kids and, and grandkids and generations coming up through the ranks. And when I pray, as you pray longer and longer and as you cultivate this, this, this powerful tool that God gives us, you'll begin to prophetically proclaim who people are, who nations are, who communities are, who the president is, you'll begin to prophetically claim who God, I said, who, who God says that they are, not what man thinks that they are. And that's when our prayers move into prophetic decrees, but it's got to start and stop with you and me. If we don't open our mouths and first pray, we'll never step into pr prophetic Prophetic is another powerful tool we're going to talk about next week that unlocks so many resources from heaven. You know, we got two awesome, amazing baby boys. And we were on purpose when we named them. Xander means defender of men. And me and Jessica, we, you know, we probably don't talk as much as we should on, on what to pray for. Independent, you know, I'm not asking her probably as much as I should. What do I need to pray for you for? And she might not be asking me as much what. I need her to pray for me about, but one thing I know we do the same in is we pray for our kids and we are in unity. And Xander's name means defender of men, and we declare and prophesy and pray every day that he is going to be not just a defender of men, he's going to be a defender of God's children and be a defender of his baby brother and be a, a defender of the people that he loves and a defender of his family and defender of the good and defender of God's word and God's kingdom. So every day we, I pray that and open, de declare that over my son, our other son, our baby, baby boy, Bodie. His name means messenger. And that boy is going to be a messenger for the gospel in Jesus' name. He's going to open his mouth and people are going to listen. And he's going to have an influence imparted by God, given by God. Because I believe it. And I can have what I say. And Xander can have what dad says. And Bodie can have what dad says. And guess what? That's not Ian logic. We just read that today. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says I can have what I say. But I first got to open my mouth 
and pray. So look at that last scripture. What if I told you all you had to do was pray? What if I told you all you had to do in that moment when you got blindsided or unexpected test or trial, all you had to do was pray? If I could stand up here and tell you, if you just would have prayed, it would have been different. If you just would have prayed, it would have changed. If you just would have prayed, God would have showed up. Look at 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his Will, let me stop for just a second. I'm wrapping up. I said, we don't serve a God that's a genie. You can't just ask to be a millionaire. You can't ask God to just fix your problems. You can't ask God to pay your bills. You can't ask God to do all sorts of things if it's not according to his will. That was for free. We pray according to his will. He says, if we do that, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask... We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So I said, what if I told you all you had to do is pray? And it could have been fixed. I can't unequivocally stand up here and argue that. But we do serve a God that is all-powerful. And so I feel like there may be somebody here that's saying, you know what? I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I believed, I prayed, I prayed. And nothing happened. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I believed. What I want to tell you is, according to the scripture, if it hasn't yet happened, God's not saying never. He's just saying not now. Come on, somebody. He's not saying never. He's just saying not right now. So don't let the enemy come in. And steal that promise. Because God wants you to stand on that promise. And to pray and openly declare prophetically that God, it just hasn't happened yet. Somebody say yet. Man, if you're watching this online, put that in the chat. Yet. It says, there verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for. If you pray, if you believe, if you fervently pray and believe and declare and open your mouth, you can live like you know. You can know that you know that you know that God hears you. If you if you openly pray and openly believe, you can live like you know. And nothing may change right now, but you can live like you know what? It just hasn't happened yet. God, I know you heard that prayer because I screamed it from the top of my lungs while I was driving down Highway 69, going through a mess, going through a temper tantrum, feeling anxiety. I opened my mouth and I screamed loud, God, I know you heard my prayer, and I'm going to live like I know you heard it, and I'm going to live like I know that you're going to do it. Come on, somebody. But you just got to open our mouths, guys. You got to believe it, and you got to open your mouth like you know that you know, that you know. Amen. Y'all pray with me. I want to pray over this church and over you like I know, that I know, that I know God loves you. God, and so I thank you for this church. I thank you for all those that are here this Sunday. 
in the sanctuary watching us online. God, I bind the things of the enemy. Evil thoughts. I bind lust. I bind perversion. I bind greed. I bind envy. I bind jealousy. I bind comparison. In the name of Jesus, by the authority in Jesus Christ, I lose confidence, love, boldness, forgiveness. If you receive it, lift some hands in this place. What you need, God, Holy Spirit, what do they need? What do they need? Acceptance, comfort. If I'm talking to you, raise them hands. Boldness, reassurance, reassurance. Vision, vision, provision, provision, not just wealth, but provision from heaven in Jesus' name. I pray these things by faith. God, I pray that you'll do them. God, I pray the expansion of the kingdom of God. God, I pray for those that are praying for a spouse, that you would send the right spouse right spouse in Jesus name thank you Holy Spirit if you're here today and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior I want you to pray for the lost right now pray for the lost but if you're here in the sanctuary or you're watching us online and you don't know God through his son Jesus I want to change that right now I want you to be invited into the kingdom of God, being born again. Jesus said you cannot be born again. You can't see the kingdom of God unless you are first born again. You have to spiritually say, I'm not God, and I want to trust God through his son who came and lived and died for me so that I could be set free. If you want to make that decision online or here in the sanctuary, what I want you to do is, here in the sanctuary, I want you right now to stand up, please. Just physically stand up to say, you know what, God's speaking to me. Amen. There are people standing. I want you to stay standing. No one's looking at you, I promise. I want you to just listen to my voice and focus on Jesus. I'll give you a few more seconds to stand up in here if you want. If you're watching us online, put something in the chat to let us know you're making that decision, please. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is growing. The kingdom of God is growing, and hallelujah. If you're standing, I want you to know God sees you. He loves you. Jesus paid the price for you so that you can live in freedom. Amen. And today you're going to be born again into the kingdom of God. I want to lead us all in a prayer. Y'all repeat after me. Loud and proud today. We're going to open our mouths and declare. Heavenly Father, we love you. We accept your son. We believe that Jesus is the son of God. We confess now that he is Lord of my life. Please forgive me of my past and sins and redeem my future. Send your Holy Spirit to lead my life until you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Praise God. So awesome, exciting, the kingdom growing. God's word is alive and active in our lives. Praise God. Who's glad you came to church today? A couple of you? Awesome. Well, man, we're glad you came too. Okay, we love you very much. Y'all are dismissed. Y'all come back and see us next week. Bring somebody if you want. Have a great, safe, 
Sunday, amen?